All right. Welcome, everyone, uh, to the very first episode of Chapman Sports Radio, Panther Insider. My name is Evan Andriola, and I'm here with Thomas Doyle. Um, Welcome to the very first episode. This will be a really exciting show for us. Um, We've kind of been in the works of putting this together for a little while. And this first episode is kind of going to be a little different than ones we've done in the past, just because um, for both us and you guys, we're kind of getting our feet wet in how we're going to be doing this whole thing. And we wanted an opportunity to kind of introduce yourselves um, and also the show idea and what we plan to do for the semester and going forward. So, Thomas, you can go ahead and go first. Um, yeah. Introduce yourself and uh, what you're excited about for the show. Yep. How's it going, guys? Um, we're really excited to do this show, the first official uh, sports talk show and radio show uh, by Chapman Radio. So, first off, um, like I said, my name is Thomas Doyle. I am a senior at Chapman. Uh, I'm an SEC major, strategic and corporate communication like Evan. And up until this year, I, I've, I've been a member of the the men's basketball team, but our season got canceled my senior season. So I, I don't think I can consider myself a member of the team anymore. Um, but yeah, so this is a project that kind of was proposed to myself by Travis. Um, actually, during an advising appointment, I was wondering what uh that's travis bartosh yeah travis yep travis bartosh sorry about that um he is a professor in the communications department and a faculty advisor to a lot of uh communication or actually sec majors so really helpful guy and i had an advising appointment with him and i was i was curious because for the strategic and corporate communication major there's three credits we need to fulfill before we graduate that are um, based on either uh, independent study, faculty, student faculty research, or an independent internship. And I had put this off for this requirement off for a while for a little too long. So I, I went to Travis before the start of the second semester and I was curious uh, what examples of this he had seen throughout the department and previous students. And he actually he was looking for someone to be, kind of the sports producer for Chapman Radio and develop a um, a real sports presence with the radio. For those of you who don't know, Chapman Radio mostly does music. The DJs play their own music and it gives students a cool opportunity to express, express themselves through radio. And he told me uh, every every semester or so, there's some people who, who want to do a sports show, but it's kind of in and out. There's no real consistency to it. Evan actually has done a sports show in the past, but he wanted a larger presence for sports uh, inside Chapman Radio. So he gave me the opportunity to, as a, as a member of the athletic department, he wanted to bridge a connection between Chapman Radio and um, faces in the athletic department, whether it be um, instilling relationships to like facilitate a broadcasting future for Chapman Radio or just give... Uh, athletes, coaches, and other members of the athletic department of voice on Chapman Radio for Chapman students and others to listen to. So I obviously grabbed this opportunity when he offered it. It was almost sounded too good to be true. Uh, I actually went on Evan Evan's radio show last year and I had a really good time. So I figured this would be something that was a really cool opportunity to do. So yeah, I accepted it and here we are. And actually when Chap or Travis proposed this to me, the first person I had in mind to work with me was Evan because he is a guy who's had uh, 
Ray, Cha- Chapman Radio experience. Um, he's a sports guy. Played. Well, he'll tell you his story. But yeah, Evan was the first guy I wanted to go to, and I figured we'd be great partners together on the air. So. Yeah, I mean, as Tom, as Thomas kind of said, we kind of lucked into this into this opportunity. I mean, when Thomas came to me with this, it was kind of like, um, I mean, I had done a couple, a few semesters of a sports show at Chapman. But then I kind of fell into that category of what Travis told Thomas was the majority of the sports shows, which was it was kind of uh, vague, nonchalant, um, mostly talked about professional sports. I mean, I, I would I think I was one of the only shows that even had Chapman athletes on it all. But besides a few questions about their season, for the most part, we were talking about the NBA, NFL, MLB um, and weren't focusing too much on Chapman sports. So um, I think Travis saw this opportunity as somehow to bring in the this Chapman radio presence of maybe guys who love sports or people who love sports and talk about the sports community that Chapman has, because there wasn't a lot of media publication about that. Um, so anyway, just to introduce myself there, um, I'm Evan, um, junior SEC major, um, big sports fan, grew up playing sports and kind of translated that love into finding a way to talk about it as much as I can. And that's what radio has kind of done for me. Um, you know, it, it's interesting with the opportunity that we have here is this is the first time that Chapman Sports is kind of getting a platform to be talked about. and you know, I think you see a lot of like bigger programs, they'll have media production towards their athletes, whether it be, I mean, radio shows, even like TV shows, like channels where they're doing interviews with athletes and stuff. So it's cool to be able to give division three athletes that kind of platform. And we're hoping that even though this is just kind of the first semester where we're kind of finding our footing, um, we're hoping that this can launch into something that's here, even when Thomas and I are gone. Um, where, you know, the athletes are a little bit more involved in the student community and it's just kind of a fun experience for everyone involved. So, yeah, Um, yeah, we couldn't be more excited to kind of get this thing going. Um, you know, I, there, I had had fun doing radio shows in the past, sports shows in the past, but I kind of was looking for something that was a little bit more involved and a little bit more legacy based. And I feel like this kind of gave me the opportunity to do that, to kind of build something that could go on after I'm away from Chapman. Um, so yeah, I, Thomas came to me. He's like, "Hey, Travis is having me put together this thing." And Thomas and I both knew Travis. We had taken a few classes with him. That's actually how Thomas and I met. And um, he said, "Hey, I'm doing this thing," and I said, "Yeah, I was actually wondering what I was going to do for radio this semester anyway. Like, I kind of bored of doing you know the same show, the same debates over and over. I was kind of kind of sick of predicting NBA playoffs over and over, mm-hmm. um, and looking for something new. So it kind of came into my pocket right at the right time." And uh, since then, we've kind of hit the ground running the past month or so, just kind of, um, you know, planning and, you know, scheduling as much as we can. Uh, we kind of started at a weird time, though, Thomas, right? Like the sports aren't happening, as you said. Yeah. So it's, it's a tricky hard. time. It's a tricky time. Like we're, it's hard for us to talk about sports um, mm-hmm. at Chapman, but it also yeah. gives, it gives us a lot of room to kind of plan. So yep. anyway, with the first show, that's kind of all we're hoping to do. Um you know, set the ground up and, um, you know, and hopefully we have some fun this semester. Yeah. Um, as Evan kind of mentioned, um, and for those of actually most Chapman athletes and probably students can recognize that there's probably, there's not a very large, like, um, student engagement, at least with sports, our football team had a fantastic season went undefeated through the regular season and won the sky act. 
um, and actually played in the national tournament. And they definitely get the most fans at uh, at their games. But for other sports, there's not a not a huge engagement with the student body. So uh, one of our goals for this radio show is to really increase that, get get fans to show out. Obviously, there is no um, sporting events going on because of the pandemic right now, but we're here to start something that will last for the following years. And hopefully the people who take over for us um, will continue to just like get get uh, get students to come out to games because as an athlete myself, it's really awesome when you, there's people out in, people out in the stands cheering for you. Um, even if they don't know, you know, you just appreciate the noise that's in there and the energy in the, at least in, for me in the gymnasium, it really, uh, energizes the team. So yeah, the teams are really, I mean, Chapman's teams are historically pretty good, at least while we've yeah. been here. I know Thomas, like your team was near the top of the league. I mean, our baseball team won a national title the last time they played like literally a national title. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, the football team had great success their last season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like these, these players need a platform to kind of get more involved with their, yep. with their community at school. And so we're kind of hoping to supply that for them. Cause I mean, yeah. for Christ's sake, they're playing so well, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of deserve a little bit of a, of some recognition and hoping to kind of bridge that gap. Um, yeah. So a way that we um, plan to do that is we're going to have different athletes on, like I mentioned, um, different members of the athletic department from coaches to people in the background behind the scenes you don't really get get to see. So we're really looking forward to not only introducing our listeners to people in the athletic department to make it more personal for fans to come out and watch games and know who actually is playing, get a get an idea of the the stories and the people behind the jersey numbers um yeah so yeah yeah no that'll be that'll be exciting i think i mean when when you guys came to me with this idea the biggest pitch was like this will be the first the official chapman sports show of well it's the official sports show of chapman university's athletic department so we plan to kind of be the what makes this show different is first of all we're focusing on Chapman sports or we're emphasizing Chapman sports. And also we have a direct correlation with the Catholic, the Chapman athletic department, excuse me, so that we have exclusive interviews with hopefully, you know, team captains, players, um, you know, their coaches, the trainers, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, people inside of the athletic department where some random sports show that had no actual affiliation with the athletic department wouldn't have access to these individuals. So we're hoping that, you know, with the backing of the communication department and the athletics um, department, we're hoping that we can kind of get kind of exclusive content that is just our show. And that's what kind of makes us unique. Um, mm-hmm. Which is exciting stuff really, because, you know, I mean, having, having, you know, coaches and players on our show um and we're hoping to make it fun too when we have them on here and have them play some fun games with them and just kind of um be the only show that really looks at chapman sports that way instead of looking at the outside world we're all about kind of collecting everyone in the chapman sports community um yeah so we're excited to do yeah. that so what you can um to evan's point what you can expect from like a typical show that we would do um not only are we going to be having a different uh, member of the athletic department on each show, we're also going to talk a little bit about current events in just the sports world in general, like most other sports talk shows do. It's professional sports like the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, MLS, EPL, NHL, you know, all that stuff. 
throw a little MMA in there because I'm a fan of that. I've been not so much. Um, But yeah, so what we plan to do is interview different Chapman student athletes um, each show, give updates on Chapman sports, some schedules. Obviously, there's no events right now. Um, But also give shout outs, shout outs to standout athletes. Um, We have a funny little segment um, that we're really excited about. Evan named the hot seat where we're going to get teammates of the person who comes on to give a little funny story or share something unique about uh, the person who we have on air, make it a little more personal. So our viewers um, can sort of get to know that these people in the athletic department. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. The the purpose of the hot seat segment is just kind of how can we get to know our athletes? You know what I mean? That these, I mean, even if, if we're going to games, even if we're supporting them there, you know, we only get to see a certain persona of them on the court. So I think there's a level of, even we, we have the same kind of practice with our professional athletes. we like to know what they're kind of like off the court. And a lot of these athletes, I know this from just talking to Thomas and he lives, he lives with guys on his team. So these guys are spending so much time together. And this is pretty common for most athletes is, you know, they're, they're all living together and they're eating together. And um, so they usually have a lot of really fun stories. So we're hoping to kind of, you know, bring out some personality in these players, um, you know, especially now, because we don't really have a lot of their season to talk about. So we'll be kind of looking for different aspects of their life to highlight during this time uh, uh, that we don't really have anything else to talk about. Yeah. But we'll make do in the meantime until mm-hmm. we can actually get some seasons going. And then hopefully the show there will we'll have enough kind of, foundation where we can run and really have fun with it um but for the time being we'll, we'll do with what we have yeah so um we're gonna take a little break but once we come back from the break we're gonna discuss some current events um so stay tuned So, hey guys, we're back. Um, sorry for the long break, but we're going to discuss some current events that just happened and are ongoing in the sporting world right now. We don't have too much to talk about, um, but first we're going to give a little recap of the Super Bowl, um, and then we're going to go into the NBA and the standings and a little more on that. But starting off with the Super Bowl, um, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs played in Super Bowl 55. LV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bucks won it 31 to 9. It was uh, not the outcome many people expected. The Chiefs were the minus 155 betting favorite. And I know a lot of people who lost money on them. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, heroics as usual, should have been 
taken into consideration by a lot of Chiefs fans and others who picked the the Chiefs because the Chiefs were kind of the overwhelming favorite. Um, but yeah, Tom about, Brady. I was going to say about that. I mean, about Tom Brady, it's kind of one of those things where a lot of people didn't know where to stand on his dominance. I think if it was another Tom Brady Patriots team, no one's going to second guess them no matter how old Tom yeah. gets. But like people were like, all right, well, Tom Brady's in a new with a new franchise now. Like he doesn't have Belichick anymore. Like they, they, they felt like there's a lot of reasons why Brady should fall here. I mean, he's also like mm-hmm. 43 years old. Like yeah. what are the odds he's going to come up against this mighty Chiefs team? Who I'm pretty sure is that was the reigning, yeah, they won the previous year. So yep, one last year. You know. Um, but yeah, no, it surprised me. Brady played well. It was kind of one of those things where I mean, you and I were talking about it a little bit over the break, right there. Like he got out early and he just kind of didn't take his foot off the break. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the, the Bucks defense shut down Mahomes the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady is quite an impressive specimen. Um, I think a lot of people were quick to go on the chiefs because the bucks had a ro- kind of a rocky season. I mean, they're 15 they're yeah. I think they ended the season uh, 11 and five. And obviously they won every game in the playoffs, but they had a lot of inconsistency. A lot of people were kind of doubting them because of um, just the, the, some, some of the faces on the team Um Injuries, obviously, their offensive line struggled a lot at the start of the season with a bunch of holding calls. I think they might have actually been leading the league in penalties for quite a while. And, and was, I don't, they didn't even win their division. Yeah. And they were the first, it was, this is the first team, first year that this team was together. It was a bunch of new guys playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the, the addition of, of Gronk and Brady in the offseason. And these two guys are basically running the offense for, for at least in the in the playoffs. That was the case. So yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of reason why you're like, all right, well, these guys might not be able to work it out with this being their first year together, mm-hmm. especially with how unblemished the Chiefs had been all year. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, I saw something after the Super Bowl that was a little bit of a shot at Drew Brees and the Saints. Some people would say, um, I think a lot of the NF, a lot of NFL fans would agree that. The, the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucks probably had two of the top three um, most talented rosters in the league and probably the Chiefs being in that conversation um, with the top three as well. But the Saints won the NFC South by a game. Um, they split they split the games during the season with the Bucks. But uh, a lot of people were kind of criticizing Drew Brees because of how clearly like Drew Brees is in the conversation for greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's by no means top three, but he's up there, you know, and mm-hmm. people were just like uh, pointing out the glaring difference in greatness between Tom Brady on the Buccaneers, a very talented roster, but most would say that the saints had a more talented roster and Drew Brees couldn't get it done. Tom Brady obviously could win winning his seventh Super Bowl. Um, we found a funny stat, Tom Brady, um, it's not really funny. It's just super impressive. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl wins than any other franchise uh, in NFL history. So I think I think Brady winning this one. I mean, if he already he was already more or less considered the uh, the unrivaled quarterback goat with six mm-hmm. titles. Yeah, um, but the fact that he you know left where he had played his entire career, left his roster, left his coaching staff, came to this new city at 43 years old and then just did it all over again for a seventh ring. 
I think mm-hmm. it just kind of like further solidifies him a whole tier and a half above yeah. everything else. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Like he, at his age, uh, like it's just kind of crazy. I mean, I remember seeing he, um, he's probably had the best, um, like after the age of 35 career of any athlete in any sport. I think yeah. post 35 years old, he's got five rings or something like that. The majority of his rings, honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's done in this like last quarter of his career. Um, and it's, it's truly remarkable. Um, mm-hmm. that he his the longevity of his career, the consistency. And, you know, there was a long time there was, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Yeah. You know, if, when they get split up, who's going to, you know, yeah. it's almost like if Belichick continues to win with, with Newton in new England, <laughs> um, you know, Brady will be kind of like considered not as good because it'll show that Belichick was the great one. And then vice versa, if Brady continues yeah. to win Tampa Bay, then Belichick won't be as awesome. So this just kind of shows, you know, Brady has been the real deal his entire career and has no sign of showing down. And he announced it after the game. He's back next year. And I'm yep. sure Gronk will be there right there beside him. And I don't see any reason <laughs> why they won't be really good next year. Yeah, a lot of people, um, and not a lot of people, but some criticism on Brady and his time in New England was that he was a system quarterback. People mm. don't see Brady as the most skillful, athletic QB. Um, if you saw his combine results, that's why he went, I think, yeah. sixth round, 196th pick or something. Um, but clearly, scouts can't see everything, and he is the greatest quarterback of all time. So he did silence those people who thought that argument um he just so yeah. kinda, he just kind of gets the job done like we, mm-hmm. you, i've been watching him go about his business for so long now he doesn't he, he the closest thing i could consider him to is like lebron or yeah. or Derek cheater in baseball it's just these kind of guys who know their job they go about they go out there and they don't get too worked up and they just do it every time mm-hmm. despite external forces i mean lebron's done the same thing when he's bounced around the league and been able to maintain excellence yeah um, comes down to a guy who just doesn't have like external forces don't get to him. Like Brady mm-hmm. knows exactly what to do every time he ends up in a Super Bowl. Yep. And it doesn't matter whether it's a, a, you know, a regular season game or a Super Bowl, he's there and he's going to show up and he just doesn't get worked up. Like a lot of young kids do. Um, not that that happened to Mahomes in this game. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people would agree with me by saying that Mahomes will be back in another Super Bowl many a time for yeah. the rest of, in his career. But um Brady has mastered the mental aspect of the game. The TV 12 program is no joke. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some stuff like the Colin Cowherd show, the herd uh, was talking about greatest athletes of all time. And they put Brady up number one. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some questionable takes, so I wouldn't take that as fact, but um, I saw some crazy, really cool actually thing just to show how, big of a sport globally soccer is tom brady probably the most notable american football player at least for the past however long i would say Um, all time probably yeah has a has a following on instagram of nine million i doubt he has the biggest following in the nfl but um then you see like global superstars in soccer like cristiano ronaldo and Lionel messi they have like a following of like 236 million i think Cristiano just actually broke the record for like most followers in the world. Yeah. Or something like that. International sports will, will dominate that. Um, but yeah, so unless Evan, unless anything, there's anything else you want to add about 
uh, Brady in the Super Bowl. No, nah, I mean it was a, it was a week it was a week ago now more than a week ago. So I'm yeah. on. Congratulations to uh, Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Um, mm-hmm. But you know I got my sights set on basketball season now, which I know <laughs> we're gonna talk about next. Yeah, we figured we'd we'd cover the Super Bowl just because huge sporting event. Um, yeah. yeah. Now we're gonna talk about basketball, something I am I spend more time paying attention to. Um, Unfortunately, I'm from Seattle, and we don't have a professional basketball team taken from us in 20, 2007. I but uh, I still watch soon. them. Of be getting one back. What's that? I think you'll be getting one back soon. Yeah, hopefully within the next five years. There's been some discussion. But it's in the meantime, work. I have switched my my fandom efforts towards Portland. I'm not a diehard Portland fan because the Sonics and the Trailblazers actually used to be rivals, but it's the closest team I can root for. and. Damian Lillard's obviously a killer. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, we're just going to discuss the kind of the standings. Sitting atop of the West is the Jazz, right. uh, Utah Jazz, with the record of 22 and five. We, we were yeah. just talking about these guys. This is an interesting group because mm-hmm. I mean, they've won seven straight. They're nine and one over the last 10. They've been right there kind of the majority of the season. Yeah. They've, but right now they're playing out of their minds. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. think, I mean, obviously, you know, they have a few stars on their team. Um, but, you know, it's surprising to me that they're outplaying the Lakers and the Clippers. And Yeah, it's funny because, like, <laughs> the Jazz are the most notable team in relationship to the p- pandemic. Rudy Gobert was the first uh, NBA player to test positive, and he kind of, like, ha- at the post-game press conference, he, like, was touching all the mics, kind of just making a joke, and... A few of his teammates, including uh, superstar Donovan Mitchell, ended up testing positive Um, in the offseason. Donovan Mitchell signed a Supermax contract after his ridiculous performances in the first round against the Denver Nuggets. But Jamal Murray ended up outplaying him a little bit. That was a crazy series. I don't know if you watched it, but I did. Murray outplayed everyone in the bubble, though. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, now he's not playing as good because... He's on my mm-hmm. fantasy team, so he decided not to play as well now. But <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, no, the thing about that Jazz team is they don't really have a lot of weak links. Yeah. I mean, they going down that roster. Are they completely healthy right now? Is Gobert playing? Um, Gobert is playing, but, you know, it's the regular season. So there's guys who miss a game here and there for whatever reason. I mean, just trying to. So who's the their five? Conley, Mitchell. Conley, actually, Conley has missed a, the past couple games. Okay, so Mitchell, Ingles. Mitchell, Conley, Ingles, who's been playing crazy. Gobert. Um, he's their four. Jordan Clarkson, huge guy off the bench. He's their six man. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I want to say he, I, this is not probably not correct, but I think he's averaging around 15 points per game and he's just like playing super well off the bench. He's giving them a spark and, and a yeah. guy who can consistently score off the bench is worth so much they're in the deep. NBA. They're really deep. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I mean, listening to that roster, mm-hmm. really deep team right there. They and moved the ball. Conley. Conley. Conley's playing well for them. Um, yeah. And it sounds like he's missed a few games too. lately, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the Jazz are an impressive team. I think something um, that has gotten them so many wins is they move the ball. They're really unselfish. Even with a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who just signed a Supermax, Um they are super unselfish. And what you'll see is a lot of open three-pointers just because they keep swinging the ball. And if it's not an open three-pointer, the guy's getting a dude in the air and he's driving to the hoop and it's a free layup. Um, also, 
Rudy Gobert's former defensive player of the year. So he just anchors them down on the defensive end. Averaging almost three blocks a game. Yeah. And guarding that rim. Yeah. They've got six guys averaging double digits. You want to name them for me? I'm, I want to see if I... Would oh, yeah, sorry, I just closed it. But uh, here it is. Clarkson, so, Gobert. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, Bojan, Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah, Bogdanovich, yeah. And uh, Gobert and Ingles are all averaging double digits. So I don't all know their starters, starters plus Clarkson. Yeah. I don't know how many teams have six guys averaging double digits. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot. Well, they're definitely putting up a lot of points. Um, yeah, yeah seven-game win streak. Some teams like the Bucks, the Heat, Pacers... Celtics looks like they just took a road trip to the East Eastern Conference, which we know is a little less strong, which we'll actually switch into now. Um, this is a perfect timing, Evan, because the uh, the leaders in the East, the Sixers, the 76ers, Philadelphia, are playing um, the Jazz tonight, which is kind of funny. Yeah. The Eastern I'm, Conference. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I'm looking at the, the Sixers here. I'm trying to figure out why the Sixers have played way less games or they're just not. Oh, no, no. I'm just looking at. If wait, I mean the ja- the the Western Conference is playing so much better than the Eastern Conference. I guess yeah. I it was that big of a difference till now. Mm-hmm. At first in the Eastern Conference, there is the Philadelphia Sixers, uh, 76ers at 18 and nine, whereas the Jazz are sitting at 22 and five. Um, right. And most teams in the West have just better records. Like for instance, the Bucks are second in yeah. the East, and they have a record of 16 11, which would, if they were in the Western Conference, they'd be. Yeah. They'd be in the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Spurs have right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, no, the uh, the Sixers, I haven't seen them play a lot of live games this year. Like, I haven't watched them all that much. Yeah. They're more or less the same team that they've been in the past, despite the addition of uh, Seth Curry, who I know is playing well for them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I know Embiid's probably, you know. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. He's I think he's top three in yeah, no, the he, running for M, uh, MVP candidacy with potentially, yeah, I mean, Jokic and LeBron James. But yeah, the 76ers. Sorry, did I mean I don't mean to cut you off? Go ahead. No, yeah, I'm just saying he's putting up 30 and 11. Um, yeah, he's. I think what's been um, a lot of like the guys on TNT have been calling for him for a while to stop, like, stop forcing the three pointer. I mean, he's a seven foot, seven foot one guy who is a big dude. Like he's really strong. And not only is he strong, he is very fundamental and skillful for a guy that big. So he's been uh, kind of not settling for threes as much and just hanging out in the post, taking the ball inside, getting layups and getting fouled and getting to the line. So I think that's been a huge, um, huge reason for their success this year. Um, Also, they got um, Doc Rivers, head coach over the off season from yeah, for the Clippers after they blew that three-one lead, um, Doc and the Clippers parted ways, and he he went to Philadelphia along with Daryl Morey, um, guy who runs the front office. He used to he was in Houston before, and so they're doing some good things in the the stuff you don't see on the court. They're they got the right guys in there now. Um, a lot of people complained about the 76ers' uh, lack of success over the past years because of their previous head coach Brett Brown. Um, he was a pretty criticized head coach. So it's good to see that they're finally kind of putting it together um, the way they've always been expected to with guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, such like huge stars, you know? 
Yeah, no, I think a lot of uh, fans of the NBA have been kind of waiting for the 76ers to put it together. This core mm-hmm. that they've had has been together for a few years now. Yeah. Embiid, Simmons, and even if you want to throw like Tobias Harris in there, this mm-hmm. core has has kind of been together. And these guys are no longer like the babies of the NBA. They're not kids anymore. For a while, it was like, yeah. oh, they're going to be good in the future. But, you know, these guys are now entering the prime and it's time for them to kind of figuring it out mm-hmm. uh, or it's time for them to figure it out. And it seems like they're doing that. So, yep. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them, man. but yeah. I still don't think they're really going to stand a shot against any of the teams in the West. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. You never mm-hmm. really know. Um, yeah, we'll see how the year plays out. I, I can't imagine that they'll hold the one seed forever because I know the bucks are really solid. Um, Celtics are solid. Regular. What's up? Celtics are struggling. I was just going to yeah, say, that. I was about to say that too. Yeah. yeah. The bucks are a really solid regular season team and the nets we know who the nets have kd harden Kyrie. it's hard to see them struggling for as long for much longer but the thing is is they have to find a way i'm looking at their they're giving up an average of 117 points a game which is i'm pretty sure the most in the league yes the by last far place. well besides mm-hmm. the last place wizards but as of any team that's going to be in the playoffs they're giving up way too many points i've watched them yeah. give up like 130 140 points a game the only thing yeah. that's going to win is the fact that they're scoring that much, so they're able to hang in there. But you're mm-hmm. not going to, you know, you're not going to win playoff games giving up 120 points every no. game. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have some stuff to work on. It's hard. You when you think of, I don't know. It's easy to think of basketball and be like, oh, the team with the best players is going to win. You got if you have two yeah. former MVPs and then Kyrie Irving, like a a championship guy. Yeah. Um, it's just easy to be like to run with them. You know, that's why we see a lot of bandwagon fans going over to the nets, but you know, it's a lot harder than that. There's a lot more to uh, the game of basketball than just skilled players. That's why um, we see teams like the bucks in the past winning so many games. I mean, they have Giannis, the double reigning MVP, but they don't have um, the typical supporting cast that like you'd expect with a lot of all-stars. Chris Middleton is a guy who has, um, seen a lot of success recently because of his role on the Bucks. But if you watch right. the Bucks, they play really good team basketball. There's a lot right. of unselfishness, and that's kind of why they've been such a dominant regular season force um, the past three or four years. Yeah, I think the Bucks have had a lot of success because they don't have competing egos, and that's mm-hmm. what I think the Nets are struggling with right now. They're they're struggling with the same thing that we watched the Miami Heat struggle with when LeBron first got there. Was yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, we've got three stars here. We kind of have to change our identities a little bit and our playing styles. And mm-hmm. so I was watching this morning. I don't remember which sports show it was. First take or someone was talking yeah. about um, how hard. So right now, Harden's leading the league in assists, and so he's basically you know claiming that spot as the primary ball handler and you know yep. thought creator for everyone else so that the, that stress is not on Kyrie. Cause I would, you know, I mean, Kyrie's not the passer that Harden is. Kyrie needs to play a role much more like a Clay Thompson type role where he's working off of guys. Yeah. And um, so I think they could find a lot of success if you don't ask, um, you know, you ask Harden to get you 10 assists every game, but not mm-hmm. take 20 shots. Um, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, if they just kind of have to find the balance of the shot distribution and, and I think they'll be okay. That along with the defense needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is, uh, has recently said that James Harden is the point guard of the team. He told right. Harden that. That's, that's the start, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. It, it seems like, I mean, despite Kyrie having trouble in the past with his previous teams and the whole like off the court relationships, 
a lot of people assume that he's kind of a bad teammate, but it seems like everything's going well. KD and, uh, or at least off the court, maybe they're not getting as many wins as they should, but KD and Harden have a history in Oklahoma city together and they're good friends. And it doesn't seem like there's anything going wrong necessarily um, with Harden and Kyrie. If Kyrie's sacrificing his position as point guard for, for Harden because of his skill set, But like Evan said, we'll, we can talk about the Celtics. They are a team that is significantly underperforming right now. Um, they have a 13 and 13 record. I think they've lost. I think they've only won five out of the last 15 games. Well, which is yeah, they're, they're three and seven over the last 10. So that would make yeah. sense. So they're struggling. They're on a two game losing streak and they're losing to teams that they should beat. You know? Yeah. They lost to the wizards. The last, the last place wizards yesterday. Yes. Um, they did. And I don't remember what story. I think it was either Kemba or I think in a post game conference, Kemba was saying like, you know, this is our low or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't had the privilege of watching them a lot um, in terms of like what's not working for them on the court. Yeah, I do know Tatum's playing fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not what sure exactly what they're kind of struggling with is they're not moving the ball as much as they should. Like I know the one game they had, they tallied like 30 assists, which was a record for them this season. And that's a big, like that's a, for those who don't really know the stats of basketball, like if you're getting 30 assists in a game, like Mm. you're going to win. So they have recently had significantly low assist numbers. Um, They rely heavily on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play ISO ball. Right. And their defense playing great. Kemba, what'd you say? That's what I say. It looks like Kemba's not playing great. Both Jason yeah, and Kemba are playing well. Kemba's shooting 36% from the field. He's averaging 16 points, but 36% from the field is way below standards for Kemba Walker. I mean, if like like we're talking about stars in the NBA, you hear Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum all on the same team, and you expect them to not have a 500 record, especially in the Eastern Conference, which mm-hmm. the fourth place team is 14 and 13. So... Um, hopefully the Celtics can put it together. Um, they've, they tend to kind of be under underwhelming, honestly, like Jason Tatum, everyone loves Jason Tatum and can acknowledge his stardom. He's really filling his role, becoming a superstar, but his team has struggled in the playoffs. They always are like a, around the four or five, they're kind of in the middle of the pack on the Eastern, in the Eastern conference. So, Yeah. They're a, they're a squad that's kind of um, similar to the Sixers in the way that we've been kind of waiting for them yes. to kind of submerge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of like partially did it a few years ago where they were, you know, considered what well, was actually, it was actually back when LeBron was in, when LeBron was in Cleveland, the the, the Boston Celtics were his biggest threat in the East. Yeah. Um, and they had to go through some rebuilding, which yeah, is yeah, the they lost, they, yeah, they lost Isaiah Thomas. They had to go through a lot of rebuilding. Um mm-hmm. I remember they got Horford, then yep. Horford left. Yeah, um, Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie came through. I don't think they have Hayward anymore either. Nope, they don't. Hayward's playing for the Hornets, which I think was a great decision for him. Right, so there's just a lot of guys. I mean, we all thought they were going to be really good when they got yeah, the top guys. of the East. Yeah. They've always had the guys. Like, they've always had the stars. And I think Marcus Smart is obviously a huge piece for them. He's like great defensive player, really unselfish guy. And he's been knocking down the three ball more than he has in previous years. Um, but he's actually been out for the past two or three weeks, which 
just kind of shows how critical his role is on the team. Like even without Marcus Smart, though, like like we've said, the guys that they have should be enough. And it's funny because everyone always Brad Stevens, their head coach, is like known as one of the better coaches in the NBA. He was a really good coach in college when he coached Butler, took him to the Final Four. And I honestly am sort of on the the train that I don't think he's that good of a coach. Like they have yeah. so many guys that I'm not saying there's a lot of coaches better than him, but for the price he gets, you'd expect them to get more wins than they do. And especially with the talent they have to have underperformed so many seasons is kind of just like, you know, if you're a head coach, you kind of have to take responsibility for that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, we, uh, we mentioned Gordon Hayward. He, is playing for the Hornets, who are an exciting team this season. They're sitting at the sixth seed, right behind the Celtics in the play, uh, in the Eastern Conference at 13 and 15. So they have two more losses. But Gordon Hayward's been having a good season. He's been in and out because of some injuries, but playing more games than not. And we can talk about Lamelo Ball. <laughs> yeah, we, there's a few guys you could talk about there. Yeah. Uh, Terry Rozier's been playing great. He really good. Play. He's been getting overshadowed because of. Obviously, yeah. the media wants to give Lamelo Ball a lot of attention, rightfully so. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, what was it? Either last game or the one before that, Terry put up like forty or something. Yeah, but, he had forty-one uh, yeah. the other night against. I forget who. That's huge. And then Lamelo, yeah. Lamelo is better than his brother already. So. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about that with my roommates. It's funny because everyone's like kind of hating on Lonzo now, and I was just thinking how terrible that would feel to be Lonzo okay. Ball, a guy who's super hyped in the league, and then your little brother comes in and is, takes all that shine away from you and is putting he's backing it up more yeah. currently. Lonzo has had good seasons and good spurts, but um, he hasn't been a, been able to really be as consistent as we thought he would be. No, and and the thing about Lamelo is he came in kind of similarly in the in the same kind of. Uh, the spell of of that Lonzo came into, but yeah. it's not like you thought Lamelo was going to be good or a total bust. Mm-hmm. Like this year, you either were a believer or you weren't. And um, I don't know, he's not been a bust. That's for sure. Like you, he has not been a bust. I'm looking at mm-hmm. his averages right now. He's putting up 14, four and or 18, 14, five and six. Um, You're talking good. about Lonzo or Lamelo? I'm, I'm talking about Lamelo. Lamelo. Oh yeah, he's been far from a bust. He. Yeah, what's cool bad. about him is. He wasn't starting for a lot of games, which honestly I kind of thought was the right decision. I understood it because they have some really good guard play in Charlotte with Devontae Graham, um, former Kansas guard who should have been in the running for um, most improved last season. His scoring went from like three points a game to 16 points per game um, in the matter of a season. And then obviously Terry Rozier, who had 41 the other night. But because of Terry Rozier's injury a couple games ago, Lonza or sorry, Lamelo. Um, Lamelo got the starting spot, which people had been like crying for on Twitter everywhere. Is like Lamelo needs to start, so he got the start, and his performance since he's got the start has been yeah. really cool. So leading the team in assists and yep. steals. It's funny. Um, I remember when Lonzo got shipped from Los Angeles to New Orleans, and we found out that uh, Zion and Lonzo were going to play together. Like everyone was like, "Oh my god." Lonzo, great passer, Zion, obviously insane athleticism. We're going to see these guys throw so many lobs to each, or Lonzo throw so many lobs to Zion. They're going to be the next lob city. But recent, like it's been kind of crazy. I forgot about that connection because of how like LaMelo ball has been passing and the way he finds Miles Bridges is ridiculous. Like 
if you just follow Bleacher Report, House of Highlights on Twitter, you might see a like a a Lamelo to Miles Bridges connection twice a week. It's been like that much. They they have a little nickname that I've seen in the yes, like Lomo. Airbnb. Airbnb. That's it. That's which it. is is awesome. <laughs> I like that. I, I know mean, it's awesome. I saw um, Airbnb actually tweeted like someone was like, "What nick?" It was like an NBA account. They were like, "What nickname are we going to give these guys?" And I think someone was like, "They already have a nickname. It's Airbnb." And then Airbnb, the actual Twitter account, tweeted like, "We support this" or something. Dude, and that'd then be a great campaign for them to do. Yeah, and then Lamelo was like, laughing emojis or something like yeah. thumbs up. This is Thomas and I thinking like uh, SEC students, but that's a that's a campaign opportunity. Yeah, the, somehow, some way. Airbnb needs to do needs to do a messaging campaign with with the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be Charlotte has a it's a relatively small market, but they've got a really good fan base. They had the All Star game um, when Kemba was there, I think, two years ago. They're growing. Yeah, you know Jordan's the manager, owner, owner. Yeah. Owner, yeah, yeah. Owner, yeah. Jordan's the owner. They've been one of the worst franchises in the NBA since their beginning as the Charlotte Bobcats. But Lamelo looks like he's a he's going to be a promising future for them. They have some really good guard play. Yeah. Um, they're obviously not going to be a contender. I mean, I would assume not in the next couple years. But they have they have some good pieces, and they can they've got some some people they can build around. So and they're young. Yeah. Yeah. So I look forward to watching Lamelo for the rest of the season for sure. Um, we'll talk one more about one more team in the East. Um, actually, maybe two. It's it's really interesting what's going on in the East. The Raptors, who have had a lot of success um, last year, they they lost to the Celtics. Um, I think in the second round of the playoffs, and then, um, but the, it was a good series. It went to seven. Uh, but they've just been a really successful team in the East, and they're sitting at the eight seed. Because yeah. of a really slow start, but they've been able to put it together lately. Other than a loss to the Timberwolves last night, um, but also the Heat, the Miami Heat, who we know were in the finals last year. Um, the they're sitting at the, show, the, the surprise show in the finals. Yeah, surprise show in the finals. Everyone was so impressed with their young group of guys and how much Jimmy Butler, um, just how much he. I wouldn't. I won't say he put the team on his back um, because. In a lot of ways, I think leaders did in the he did in the finals. Yeah, I think. But honestly, like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, like there was there was a lot of guys. Drogic, Drogic. Oh, how could I forget? He was honestly one of the most critical pieces in the playoffs. He was averaging like twenty two points per game. It was Um, a leadership thing. I think. I think I will say Butler. He might not have been like carrying them statistically, but leadership wise, definitely leadership. Good point. Yes, I will not discredit Jimmy Butler in that aspect. I think the Heat, the reason that they had so much success in the bubble was because of just the relationships they had on the team, and everyone talks about Heat. Heat culture is like a thing a lot of NBA fans know about. It's like how hard that organization works their players. There's like a pretty. Yeah, it's like a buy-in. Jimmy Butler talked about, I listened to um, Jimmy Butler talk on like the JJ Redick podcast and he's like a guy who's kind of like been considered a bad teammate in the past in Minnesota. He, he got, he was, he got on some altercations with younger guys like Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns calling him soft because they didn't, didn't think they worked hard enough. But in Miami, it seems to be the perfect fit because they work their players really hard. You have to have a certain amount of body fat um and like they condition really? i don't know if i'm allowed to swear they condition the, sh- the shit out of you right, <laughs> right. yeah 
And like, I think I heard Jimmy Butler describe it as like almost like a drill sergeant atmosphere. So that seems to be a good fit for him, but they are, we've been praising them too much because they're 11 and 15 right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I, it's interesting. I thought I was interested to see how they would do this season because they kind of figured it out in the bubble, but there's a lot of guys and teams who are different team or are looking very different than they did in the bubble. Yeah. Um, The heat, for example, um, Mm -hmm. You know, Jamal Murray as a player went off in the bubble. He was putting up like, like forty point triple doubles in the playoffs, yeah. um, and here he is averaging like eighteen or whatever. But um, yeah, a lot of people are kind of thinking the bubble is kind of an anomaly, and it it really shows like it was like it brings out the best in some and the worst in others. Yes, exactly. You really have to have solid a solid foundation of relationships and chemistry off the court with your team because you're yeah. staying in the same hotel, you're seeing them almost twenty four seven. So I think that's where the Heat thrived, and that's why yeah. they they made it. To the All final. external forces were gone. Yeah, exactly. Family, but, um, kids, you know, it. phones. Like there was just a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can give the Heat a little sl- cut. The Heat a little slack because they have been dealing with a lot of COVID stuff. Um, I think right. they were playing like there's been times where teams only have eight guys, and I think the Heat played with eight guys like five or six times. Tyler Hero has been out with a neck injury. Jimmy Butler was out for a lot of the start of the season because of COVID protocols. Same with Bam, same with Drogic. Drogic has been out because of injury. I think Duncan Robinson has been playing pretty consistently, but um, Avery Bradley, a guy who they got in the offseason, they've just been they've been kind of um, swept thin because of COVID and injuries. So yeah, we can cut them some slack. I definitely expect them to make the playoffs. They're sitting at the nine seed right now, but I think they'll probably work their way into the top five um, assuming, I don't know the net, the East is interesting right now for sure. No, that was, yeah, that was, that was well said. Cause I think, I think if I learned anything from the way that they played in the bubble, I'm not going to completely count them out, especially because they're in the East where no one to me, besides, besides maybe Philadelphia and Milwaukee, no one is, is anyone much better than anyone else. Yeah. Like even though, um, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, maybe if Brooklyn figures it's, it out. But we, I mean, we were talking about the Celtics. You yeah, know, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Miami can't beat the Celtics in a, in, a, in a series. I wouldn't yeah. count them out. Completely. I definitely wouldn't. I mean, they beat them in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, which was awesome. Right. But um, yes, in a game, in a series of seven games, it's really hard to say what this Eastern Conference looks like because the team in first place is 18 to nine. The team in eighth place is 12 and 15 and everywhere in between they're like, like less than three games apart, you know? So yeah. it's super interesting. Yeah, no. And then I, I wanted to go back to the Raptors. You were talking about them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a team that, you know, they kind of are starting to figure it out lately. You know, they're starting to kind of get their ball rolling. Fred Van Fleet is kind of playing pretty insane yeah. this season. 50 points. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. averaging he's averaging about 20. They've got six guys averaging double digits too, which I would really? not expect. Um yeah. I mean, they don't have anyone averaging more than 20, though. They've got yeah. Vanf- oh, really? Is that true? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam are both around 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. And they've got a bunch of guys around the 13 to 16. Yeah. Points a game. Kyle Lowry hasn't been playing not he hasn't been playing poorly, but you'd expect him to be a guy who averages around 18 to 23 points and I don't know. He's probably averaging like on the lower end of that, but um, yeah, they, they've had, I like the Raptors. Honestly, I've watched them play a few games and they have this guy off the bench, Chris, Chris Boucher, who went to Oregon 
Right. He's a really long dude. I think he's got to be at least 6'11". And he's a skinny guy, but super long. And he Didn't has he been block. shooting the ball super well. And he's, I've seen, I saw a stat like ever when he plays 28 minutes a game or more, he's averaging like a double double, like 20 and 10 or something, which is crazy. So they actually, I think, put him into the starting lineup, which is cool. And Pascal Siakam has been playing better since then. Um, yeah. So th- I think they're starting to figure it out. They've gone five and five their last 10, but um, before that, they were not playing very well. So I'm, I'm a fan of the Raptors. I, I hope they can start to pick it up. Yeah, they kind of fall into that same category for me with a lot of teams in the East. It's funny yeah. you brought up Chris Boucher. He kind of reminds me of he's one of those players that's just like really, really efficient. Like he's not mm-hmm. going to miss a lot of shots. He probably yeah. takes a lot of dunks and a lot of rebounds. He yeah. kind of reminds me of like like a white side type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Better shot, but good shot blocker too, for sure. Yeah. Is he? Can he? Does he have like a 15-footer? He's got a three-point shot, Chris Boucher. Really- yeah, he does. He's been he's been hitting. Like I was super impressed. I just see him pulling and like he's so long. Like if you're I mean not six nine. I'll, yeah. I'll compare him to K oh, so he's only six nine, but he has some length. Like really if you have Kevin Durant length like he does, like and you can get a high release point for your shot, it's the not Ingram, there's not a like lot that. of guys who can guard you. He's got like the Ingram builds because he only weighs yeah. seven pounds. He's not shooting off the dribble. But he right. can hit a, a set three, and he gets open because he's got good guards like Van Vliet and Lowry, who are you know pretty unselfish and can get him open. Yeah. Um, we would be bad if we didn't mention the Knicks. <laughs> the New York Knicks are in the playoff contention right now, which is funny because they're like the most notable, terrible franchise in all of sports, especially the NBA. They're yeah, they're they're the laughing stock of the NBA. <laughs> To put it kindly, yeah, and they're yeah. sitting at the seven seed at thirteen and fifteen. Well, tied for tied for sixth with the Hornets. Um, and I actually kind of like the Knicks, to be honest. I haven't gotten to watch them much this year. Um, my brother's a big Knicks fan. Um, <laughs> so I give him a lot of crap for that. I do know, <laughs> you know, Randall was playing really, really well. And, yes, Julius uh, Randall. Yeah, Julius Randall's playing great. Um, mm-hmm. For sure, I'm looking at it now. He's leading the team. Yeah. Points, rebounds, and assists. Yep, Julius Randle. How is he giving? How is he putting up more assists than RJ Barrett? RJ Barrett's only averaging three assists. That's horrible. Yeah, he's. I don't know. RJ Barrett is. It's funny. He's he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good player, but I don't think he's going to be anything special. You know, like he he's been what they needed from him. He's this good scoring guy, um, but also a really important guy on their team has been Emmanuel Quickly from kentucky he's a rookie he's playing point guard he has a really really fun game to watch it's kind of unconventional um he has a really good floater like he you don't see a lot of guys in the nba use the floater as much as he does but he will shoot that floater from basically free throw line in like it's kind of funny how far he pulls it sometimes but it's it's consistent and it's not something the defense necessarily expects. Paul George, like after after they played the Knicks, um, the Clippers that is played the Knicks. Paul George like said that kid's got a float game. Like I've never I've never seen something like that in the league right now. So he reminds me of John Morant a little bit. Yeah, he's got the same style of like craftiness, but obviously not the same athleticism. I'm John Morant is yeah. on a different level there. Um, but yeah, Knicks seven seed. Um, they play good defense. They, I think they, most of the games they play are 
in the like 200s 210 like they don't they don't give up a lot of points which is good um yeah so that's something you can rely on to help them in the east because there's not a lot of good defenses in the east yeah exactly east east coast games get kind of high scoring especially with like the bucks the nets um you know teams like that so yeah i think we've talked about the east we gave the east a lot more love than we did the west but i guess there's yeah. just more stories and stuff that's well, interesting. and we can get into the west a lot um yeah we'll talk week. about that yeah we can we'll talk about there will be no shortage of nba um stuff to talk about because yeah. of how many games there are day day in and day out and as an NBA fan, I'm grateful for that because. Plus, I mean, tell. Sorry, not go ahead. Where you gonna say? I love watching basketball. I yeah. love basketball. So. No, Thomas and I both love watching basketball, and also next week we bring in on some NBA fans. Yep. Who we have, plan on having out? Yeah. Week. So, um, like Evan has mentioned earlier, I live with two teammates, uh, John Bess and Alex Rogat. Alex is a junior on the basketball team, so he has another season left. John, like me, is a senior, so we're both going to be graduating, and I do not think we'll be returning to the Chapman basketball team, but we're going to have them both on. Um, we'll talk. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk some NBA. Hopefully, we can get them versed in some other sports. I know Alex is a big, um, big global soccer fan, yeah. being from uh, Germany and all. So, yeah, it'll be fun to have them on. We'll talk about um, their experience um, with COVID in the pandemic and how that has affected sports, something we can all obviously relate to as teammates. And yeah. yeah. Hopefully we can get you guys to talk a little bit about last se- last basketball season too. I mean, I, yeah. I can't even get a whole lot um, in, you know, in 2020 and now 2021, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can get you guys talking a little bit more about the 2019 season, which yeah. feels probably forever ago now, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you guys were all on that team together. So, yep that will be something that we would all love to talk about. So we'll be having them on uh, next week. As a reminder, our show airs Tuesdays um, from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Chatroomradio.live. So tune in. Yeah, we we will usually be recording the show probably over the weekend or on Mondays. Um, But yeah, we will air each show. So right now we're recording this one on Monday the uh, 15th, but it'll be airing tomorrow on the 16th. Uh, Tuesdays, Four to five, right, Thomas? Four to five? Yep, four to five. Okay. Happy Valentine's oh, yeah. Day. And those of you who have never listened on Chapman Radio, uh, you got to go to the website, chapmanradio.live, and it should be pretty self-explanatory. There's like a listen now link that takes you to like the live stream of whatever's being broadcasted. So, yep. We have an important meeting tomorrow with uh, Chapman Sports Information Director, so hopefully we can recap uh, some of the stuff we talked about um, right. in yeah. that session. And that will, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I have nothing else to say. It's all you. I was going to say, hopefully with that meeting, we'll be able to kind of get a better idea on what guests we'll have access to through him, whether that be, you know, people, whether, I mean, hell, even he would be an awesome guest to have on at some point, Um, coaches, trainers, anyone involved in the athletic department. So we're excited and we'll have a better idea, a little bit more of what to expect after tomorrow. But no, this has been a good first show. It's been nice to be able to kind of introduce ourselves. and then kind of get an idea, get a feel about what this is going to be like. And then, um, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. As we go on, we'll be um, more well-versed. For me, this is the first time I've done a radio show other than guessing on Evan. So right. and it's it'll get different. fine-tuned. What's up? It's different via Zoom. I mean, when I had you yeah. in my show, we were both in the booth. It was mm-hmm. much more like you and I were talking to each other and it was listening. So yeah, via Zoom is not, you know. 
Yeah, it's not ideal. There's a whole um, behind the scenes thing that you guys won't know about, but just like doing all the making sure the audio files and everything sounds right, you know, so we got to do that, that we don't have the privilege of using the booth um, for, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun and hopefully we can get some listeners. (laughs) Yeah. No. All right. So thanks for listening for this week. Um, Excited to hear, uh, you know, excited for you to stop in next week. Yep. Chavin Sports Radio, Panther Insider. Tune in out. (laughs) Bye-bye.